Hey, my name is Melissa Bedeen, and I'm obsessed with personal development, body, mind, and soul health, as well as all things business marketing that can help you to navigate all things mystical and messy in this journey called life. See, I am a coffee-addicted mother of two who married my grade 9 boyfriend, and I started my company at the age of 17 with just a $200 Costco massage table and a goal of becoming a healer in mind. Now let's fast track a decade and a half forward as I've pivoted and grown myself from being a brick-and-mortar business as an international healer and psychic medium that loves to use my gifts to help align others on their path. See, I found myself naturally pivoting towards becoming a coach as I've made it my mission to positively impact the lives of others. But will we shy away from the real chats here? No way. See, I firmly believe that we're all intuitive, but again, the true gift actually comes from listening to this internal knowingness. But since all of our arenas of life may look at a little bit different, I hope to shed some insights on how this can benefit you both personally and professionally. See, I believe we have a mission. No, more of a calling inside of us, but it's up to us whether we choose to use this to benefit not only us, but others as well. As I teach you the tested and true ways to align yourself today, I am inviting you into this time as a friend, having a coffee, chat with the goal of a girl trying to give you some form of mind mapping to skip through the messy and tapping into your own magical. Now I want you to know that you are welcome to the Mom Gun Media, and I'm grateful you're here. Hello everyone. So we have got our expert on Pinterest and I am so excited to welcome Sahar Twestijay, who is in this podcast episode, sharing her online marketing secrets for generating massive traffic using Pinterest. She is a mom of four, impressive, and she has managed to gain over 1.5 million monthly views, increasing her traffic by over 300% 90 days using Pinterest. Now she did this all in no more than two hours per week using her proven strategies, which she is gonna share with us today. So I just wanna give a massive thank you. Thank you for joining us, Sahar. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here, Melissa. This is awesome. Thank you. I am grateful. Honestly, I love connecting with you. I've chatted with you before and I really find like whereabouts in the world are you just so our listeners can kind of get a vibe to it too. Cause I'm impressed that you're micromanaging all the time and everything for all different parts of the world with all the people that you're connecting with too. Oh yeah. No, um, I'm actually based in London in the United Kingdom. So I think, what did we say the time difference was between us? Like five or six hours or something like that? Six, six, seven hours. Yeah. 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 There you go. So but I mean, I love connecting with people from all around the world. Like it, it's what lights me up. So yeah, this is, this is great. Well, I appreciate you. So I've already chatted with her. So that means I've gotten to pick in her brain and I'm very impressed with what I've gotten. She's already shared and she's very generous. I will say this too. So pay attention to what she's going to share here, but she knows Pinterest, whereas I know where I'm good and I know where I'm not. I am not great at Pinterest. I will very honestly say this. So I will just ask some questions here and nod because I don't know everything here. I have a page. I, since your training and stuff, I looked over it and I guess I did make it a business account, but there's so many things that you've brought to the table that are just so eye-opening. So if you guys want to pause and take notes, feel free through this episode, maybe get a pen and paper so you can kind of go back or just listen at your leisure. But the idea is she's going to share some opportunities for you to bring an increased abundance of audience members to your traffic in where you have maybe an opt-in or a lead-in or all these different great things. But I want to start at why Pinterest? Like what brought you to Pinterest? That's a good question, actually. I didn't start off uh, my business using Pinterest. It was something that I discovered down the line. So just to give you a little bit of um, insight into what I did when I first started out, I started my business 
three to four years ago, and I actually started as a wellness blogger, okay? And uh, as a wellness blogger, I focused a lot on food photography, food blogging, you know, health tips, stuff like that. And I loved it. I loved the process. And I remember every week when I would put in so much work to create, um, you know, my recipes, because you have to research them and then cook them, then measure them, then take the pictures, then write the blog post before you can hit publish. It was a lot of work. And I will never forget the feeling every week in and out where I would hit the publish button and I would like refresh my analytics page you know every hour and it's like how many views ha has it got and by the end of 24 hours it would be like maybe 20 people or 30 people which is i mean relatively to starting out that's great but like i had high hopes and i knew that 20 people seeing my recipe on the blog is not exactly going to pay the bills so and when you do it you know, day in, day out, consistently, and you keep going, it was really heart-wrenching because I didn't just write my blog posts. I also went into how can I get my blog post seen on, you know, search engines like Google. But the problem with Google is that it's so competitive, like, especially as a food blogger, like my blog would be competing with uh, you know, like the BBC food blog, you know, BBC, if you're aware of it, where you're in, wherever you are in the world, it's like, you know, it's not just a news network. They, they're, they're just a massive, like a uh, media publication. And they have like these massive pages where they just have all these content creators creating content for them. And my little blog has no chance of competing with them because I just can't turn out all that kind of that amount of content as they do. Um, so yeah, I felt really deflated by that. So somewhere along the way uh, within blogging, I just learned online, I heard rumors about how Pinterest is amazing and uh, it's great for generating traffic. And so I figured, you know, let's give it a try. So I signed up on it and I started dabbling with it here and there. And um, it wasn't until I sat down and I actually put a strategy together. You know, I collated everything that I had learned and decided to just implement it because sometimes we learn so much stuff, you know, and it's like, I know so much about, you know, Instagram. I know all the strategies and it doesn't work. It's like, no, the only reason it doesn't work is because you haven't tested and implemented what you've learned, you know? And so I was kind of at that place where like, I have all this information. I haven't, haven't, I just haven't tried it out. And when I was systematic with it and consistent with it, my traffic grew by, as you said, 300% in 90 days. And as we speak right now, my traffic has, um, sorry, not my traffic, my monthly Pinterest views um, are, re are over 2 million now. It's amazing. And, and it's in less than a year. It's crazy. Um, and you would think that, you know, I've put in a lot of work in other social media platforms, but the kind of results that you get with Pinterest are amazing because it works for you. And the whole point of it is that it sends traffic to your website. Um, it's not a social media platform as most of us think. It's actually a search engine. So, um, and when you think about search engines, the whole point of them is to send traffic. So, so yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's, I can't shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing.
I love that. And that's actually a great point. It is not a social media, like old me. So, but when I was pregnant, somebody was like, check out Pinterest for like different ideas and room setups, everything. And I just called it the rabbit hole. Like, you know, people go on YouTube, they find a video and then they just get sick. Pinterest Mm -hmm. is that for me. Like I have to know that I'm going to set a timer and I go no past that, or I just have an influx of time and I'm just going down this rabbit hole because I have created boards and like, I have dream homes to travel, to outfits, to kid stuff, to even like, oh, it's so great. So looking at that, seeing all the opportunities in it, you're not wrong. Like there's a lot of things that I took for granted. And the more I was listening to our last chat, there's a lot of ways that we can really utilize it and how we bring our opt-ins and and leading them to different places. So um, can you touch on that? Like where would you recommend sending them to specifically or where have you found the most success, I guess, in having it refer to in the links in Pinterest? Okay, so I think if uh, as a business, the best way to get traffic uh, from Pinterest is through blogging. Okay. Now I know that might send alarms if you don't have a blog already. If you know, say you're a service-based business, you're a product-based business, that's completely fine because all you need to do is to just add a blog section to your website where you show up and you give content. it doesn't have to be every week, but at least enough so people can get to know you and trust you as an authority in your niche or niche, wherever you are. And um, I will also say, if you're someone who's already a content creator, so if you're someone who's a podcaster, if you're a YouTuber, you can still benefit from um, Pinterest because it will. what you can do is you can change your um, content into written format literally through just transcribing so you can repurpose the same podcast episode make sure that it's written in a blog format and then you can use um pinterest to point people to to that because what you want to do is you want to make sure you're sending people to your website and ultimately you want to keep those people as much as you can away from all these platforms because they all have changing algorithms and you can't just depend on them. You have to have your own space and your own place where you can build that and continue that conversation and relationship with people who are your audience and turn them into paying customers. And the way you do that is through having an email list as well. It's super, super important. So I would say have a blog and make sure you have an email list so you can capture everybody that, or if not everybody, a good amount of people who visit your website. I love that. And that's so true. I've actually noticed this from some of the people that I follow and like clicking the links. I always end up on a website with some form of a blog and I am a fan. There's the odd one that wants to grab your email address right off the hop, but I don't find that those are the ones that tend to do as well as the others in my And that's, that's very true. Um, and I've tested this out as well myself. Whenever I've tried to get people to get off the Pinterest platform to sign up for say a freebie or an offer that I'm offering for free in exchange for their email, those pins tank. Like I get nothing. People on there are looking for blogs. Like that's how they're conditioned uh, or uh, that's how they come in to the platform. They're not going in. It's like, why are you trying to, why are you trying to like, it's kind of like the best way to explain it is like going on a first date and then, you know, say, let's move in together on the first day. Like, it's like, I'm not ready for this. Like, can we take it a little bit slow? So Pinterest is known to have um, 
um, an audience that's a little bit cold. So you kind of have to warm them up a little bit. You can't just go in there and, you know, start selling or, you know, get their emails. So blog posts do the best. I love that. And that's true though, like building that reciprocity in the relationship, give exactly. them value and then maybe prompt them with like a pop-up on the website for their email or, or what have you. But the idea is, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And I'm also guilty for being that like cold person. That's like, I don't want to give it to you right now. Like, I don't know you yet. I don't but know. That's, if I'm gonna that's totally understandable because everybody's trying to get her email. So I only want to give it to people I trust. So we, right. we have to learn how to become those people. I love that. And that's speaking a big language for a lot of people who are starting maybe out or maybe more in the medium aspect where they're learning about like cold, warm, hot traffic and really how to nurture the audience. I actually heard something really great by Marie Forleo. And she said, you know, like really shedding the spotlight from you and making it all about me, but putting the spotlight on the people and what they need and what their goals are. And I'm like, that's so true. Cause a lot of times people will talk in like the I'm awesome and it's all, but we're missing the boat. The people aren't searching here to know all about you. They're learning to know why you're maybe the leader in that, but how how can you bring value to them? Exactly. And so I think that's a really good narrative to carry in. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I always, I always love learning more about this, but talking about overcoming limiting beliefs, what will take you to like the next level in business and life? Would you kind of stay like, what would you say on that anyways? Cause I love working through limiting beliefs. I love opening up that uncomfortable narrative that a lot of people don't want to touch on. Yes. Okay. So what could you, um, overcome? I think, one of the things that um, that limit us, especially when you're starting out, is knowing that it's possible for you. And I feel like that's something that took me a long time to um, to kind of get me off that seat of, oh, I, I think I want to start a business, but it's probably not good. It's not for me. I, I'm not good enough. I'm not. And it's all those kind of conversations you have in your head. And it wasn't until I... I think I, I followed a few people who really, really inspired me. Um, people who felt like they were just a little bit ahead of me. Uh, like had I just started and in a couple of, couple of years, that would be me. Those were the kind of people that kind of, yeah, painted the picture that it was possible. So I think the number one thing is that it's absolutely possible. Um, and you don't have to be like anybody else. I think the power is in being yourself. Um, and the problem with um, how we've been conditioned since we're children going to school is that we're conditioned to fit in. And in order to fit in, you kind of have to adapt yourself and change your voice and change how your hair looks and how you dress. And you kind of end up growing up being someone that you're not really because you're afraid of really being yourself. And I think as adults, we're just a bunch of people who are just crying out to have permission to just be ourselves. Um, and I think when you really think about it and you look into it, the most successful businesses and most successful people and the most influential ones are the ones who have actually tapped into that power of who they are. And they're completely authentic and unashamed and unafraid. Um, and the thing is, it's risky because when you become yourself, you're now putting your real self out there. So if someone says anything negative about you, it's going to really hurt because it's you. Um, but I think there's a way of doing that without it completely devastating you. But I think ultimately, if you tap into who you are, to your story, to your voice, like nobody can take that away from you. 
literally, because we're all, we're all in this, there's so many businesses that are providing the same service. The only difference is that what's their story and what's their voice and what's their message. Um, and people buy into the message. It's not so much the part, like I can provide a service that a hundred other people are doing, but if I'm doing it um, based on the values that we both share, you're much more likely to connect with me. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So I feel like that's one of the biggest ones, I think, starting out is like, who am I? What's the, why is anybody going to listen to me? It's like, it's because you have an amazing story. Nobody has that. Nobody has that combination of your story, your skills, your knowledge. Nobody, nobody does. I love that. Even your personality. Like I honor my quirks and the weird and everything, because I know that that's a lot of times other people are wanting to feel like they belong and like even being an entrepreneur i don't know if you felt this sahar but like i was definitely the black sheep in the family my family doesn't have a lot of entrepreneurs in it and so yep. they would be like you wait you want to work for yourself and you want to work at home and, and like you're not going to have that like stability and like they just kind of look at me like i was crazy and i remember i started my business when i was 17 so like they didn't think it'd last and well i'm in my 30s now and it, I'm not wow. saying like jokes on them or anything, but it's just like, they don't bring it up because they actually very vocally said not great things to my face. And now I'm like, yeah, I work from home. And sometimes I call it the business mullet where it's like, I look professional on the top and then I have pajama <laughs> pants on the bottom, but the personality is real, like being relatable. And I find you're so right. But the, the cool thing with that too, is everything that you just shared in marketing. I, I, I love marketing and I love learning about it because once you find your message and you find a mission to kind of go into it, it almost becomes like your passion to share that with others. And so as I was learning it, people are talking about um, really understanding that you want to attract the audience, but deter the people that don't want you. So like being as real as you can, you're going to push away the people that you don't want to work with anyways. Like even when I do like coach calls and things like that, I want to make sure that I'm not wasting my time on people that are super negative, aren't going to do the work, aren't ready to actually invest in themselves time-wise yeah. too. And so like, I'm very honest about it, but then I'm also very honest about my fails. If you're looking for somebody with perfect grammar, don't read my stuff because I type it out way too fast, jacked on coffee and probably late at night, which means it's not going to be great. Like I even use an app to help correct me. And even that does not catch me. <laughs> so like, I understand a lot of what you're saying, but a lot of times people don't understand that that is the superpower and that's what leads up to success in what you're saying. And I really, I love that because a lot of times it's those understated points that make it or break it for other people. Like in business, I and I use this joke because it's real, but like, you know, when you go to a spa and your therapist talks in a very soft voice and yeah. I call it like their spa voice. I was never like that. I don't know how to do that. I can't pretend to do it. So I started as a massage therapist and aesthetics and I would do spray tans and I'd be like, okay, face down in the face cradle, like cover yourself, sheet and blanket, heating pad over here. And like, I would go to a spa and They'd be like, okay, are you ready? Knocking on the door. Are you all right, miss? And I'm just like, oh, I don't have that voice. I don't have that. That's not. So like my audience either loved me or hated me and they would either stay away or keep coming. And luckily I had a really great audience and they, they kept coming back. But like, Amazing. I definitely don't have a spa voice and I don't fit into a mold. And I definitely have that tomboy atmosphere and vibe. So I'm aware of it. I'm not a girly girl. I like, I try, I have two daughters and you know, it's just a joke in this house on what mom's doing now. Cause I, <laughs> you I mean, who's going to have a spa voice when you've got kids running around the house? Like, honestly, it's not, it's not going to happen. I'm so sorry. Oh. 
<laughs> no, like, do you remember Will Ferrell's movie Step Brothers where he's like, Ma, the meatloaf? Like, I'm like, I'm that mom. Like, I'm just like, ah. <laughs> so I just make fun of myself for the truth that it is because we're just, we're living this life and I'm living on coffee, which I call bean soup. So it's healthy, right? Like there's, we're doing bean soup. I love that. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I'm healthy. <laughs> it is healthy. Absolutely. So, I love hearing what you're saying. I, I really love it. And so tapping into your authenticity and leaning into who you really are is the greatest asset that you could bring, but kind of going into getting traffic to your site and like skyrocketing with your traffic in like a Pinterest masterclass. This is the free gift that you're bringing to the table. Don't worry guys. We're not done. I just wanted to touch into this because I am so grateful that you were sharing this knowledge. Like I am very aware Pinterest is not my forte. I'm learning about it, but yeah. your masterclass, I got to touch in on it and I was so grateful just going through that. So can you kind of describe what's inside it? So people don't miss the boat on grabbing this because this is going to be in the description, guys. You can grab her link and check it out. Amazing. Yes. So the masterclass, I designed it because I realized that um, there's a lot of people out there who are marketers who are talking about Pinterest and they go straight into the strategy of how to leverage Pinterest and to get the most that you can out of it, which is all well and great. But what I've realized from talking to a lot of people is that a lot of people still don't understand how Pinterest fits in business in people's minds. Pinterest is like, isn't that the place you go to like plan your, you know, party or wedding or, you know, your, your home, you know, re renovation. And it's like, I don't understand how this clicks in with business. So I've actually gone a step back and I've explained how the platform works and how you can implement it within your marketing strategy. So I've kind of taken a step back and explained the whole process. And then I've shared as well how different businesses are using Pinterest to attract the perfect and ideal clients. And then from there, I go on to show you how to set up a, uh, a profile and your account in a way so that it's seen and favored by the algorithm, but also so that, um, you can have your pins and your profile seen as a quality um, uh, account and that it will also attract your ideal clients. So that's the nutshell of what's in the masterclass. So guys, yeah. those of you listening, we'll get it. It's good. Don't miss it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I honestly, when I was checking it out, I was like, you have to come on my podcast. Like I need this. We need this. This is understated. And you are such a like, I, I just want to say like generous gem in that because you really do bring it. And yeah, so thank, thank you, you guys. So I love going into everything, but you know, how much time would you say you need to dedicate to Pinterest marketing? Cause I, I'm one of those people where I'm very honest about my laziness. I'm very yeah. honest about my time <laughs> and how that is my biggest priority. What would you say would be like a recommendation for dedicating to Pinterest maybe like weekly? All right. So, um, Starting off, it actually used to take me about a couple of hours a week. But again, that was because I was still learning and figuring it out. But now that I've got everything in place, I understand the system. And also, the Pinterest platform, uh, the algorithm has changed uh, in 2020, which has actually made it a lot simpler well, uh, due to popular, contrary to popular belief, but it's actually simplified the process. So once you've set it up and you've learned everything that you need to do, it should only take you an hour a week. That's it. For your 2 million views per month. One hour a week. That's it. Oh, like 
This is where people it's need like, to like, it's, it's too good to be true. I know it sounds like it's too good. It's happened. I, I wish I could just take you all with me to my past and watch my journey because it's incredible. I'm so excited for everybody to use it. And I think it's women's like, it's, I like to always say Pinterest is the underdog of online marketing, but it's also the one with the most female audience within it. So it's a woman's superpower. If you're a woman or if who's in business, or if your audience are women that you're trying to reach, if you don't use Pinterest, oh my gosh, you're missing it. Like you can't miss this. Like you, you just can't miss this. You have to check it out. It's amazing. Seriously. I a hundred percent agree. And like, I go in there just for decompression alone and I'm already overwhelmed sometimes. So like the value in it is amazing. Whether you are like a content creator or a consumer, there's so much in there. Yes. Now looking at everything, what would you say is like the kind of businesses that would benefit from Pinterest, like marketing for the most part? Like, I know that there's going to be some that will be like, I'm more brick and mortar. It won't really work for me. Which ones do you think it will work for the best? So honestly, there are a lot of businesses that can work if you're service-based. So you provide consulting or coaching, it can work for you hundred percent. If you're product-based as well, um, if you are an Etsy uh, seller, if you have your own products on your website, hundred percent for you. If you're a content creator, like you're already generating and creating the content, you might as well get people to see it, right? So it's 100% for you. Um, what could I say? Anything from, you know, if, if we're talking about different niches, you can, there's, it's not just recipes and DIY people, you know, you could be a fitness instructor, you can be someone that does curly hair uh, products, you could be um, um, a fashion blogger, you could, like, it's endless. It's absolutely endless. There's, if you just go in there and type in within the search bar, you will see whatever it is that you think of, it's probably in there. I love that. Thank you. Now, I, I just wanted it to be clear and not said by me because I've already established that I'm not a Pinterest guru. So if I were to say <laughs> it, it would not come off that well because it'd be like, well, you already established you don't know what you're talking We'll make about. one out of you, girl. We'll make one out of you. Mm -hmm. And that's just it. I'm a forever student. So I'm I'm right in the master class. Like, I think I've already gone through it, but I'll go through it again because the biggest thing is, is I'll sometimes like absorb only so much. And yeah. so I am always willing to learn. But Pinterest is one that I've actually been looking at because I have an account and I have some stuff, but it's it's not that hour a week and I don't have the system set up the way I should. So it's almost like Pinterest shame. Like it's just, I'm working through my Pinterest shame game right now. My personal though, if you looked at all my boards, you'd be like, this girl's way too much time on her hands, which is not true, I swear. But the amount of Nobody's judging. We're not judging. That's actually a great rule. No, like, no judge zone. <laughs> I need a sign for that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Cause like I have all these keto recipes and my keto right now. Nope. <laughs> I mean, my husband went keto for a while and we always laugh about it now because he's decided to come off it. And I did everything in my power to say, I told you so. Well, I did everything in my power not to say that, but yeah. Keto is not, I mean, I'm sorry if you're team keto, but I just think life needs carbs. Oh, I was a mean Carbs person for the first while. Like there's like, 
a detox period where, and like, I love love bread. And like, they even saw like called the keto flu. So I had a friend, we're getting off topic, but I'm just sharing it overshare. (laughs) But she was like, careful. Like you don't want to go out in public too much on like these days, you're not going to feel good. And I was like, what do you mean? And my one client, he's amazing, but he's super aggressively blunt and says it like it is, but he's like, you need celery for roughage. And I was like, what? And he's like, you might shit yourself if you don't. And I was like, Oh my God. And then little, yeah, like I'm not saying I did. I'm just saying eat your celery guys and stay home for a while if you're doing it. But we were joking about it. And honestly, there's so many things that people don't talk about, but like I, I've tried so many different diets over the years. Keto did work great. We felt great on it, but you have to commit. You can't like one day a week quit it and like all that because it takes so long to get back into ketosis unless you're using all the different like ketone prescription, like all these different products and stuff for like pills to keep you in ketosis and like these drinks and stuff, which it's it's just a lot, especially when we're traveling. We did Disney and we were trying to do keto and I was like, no, that falafel says my name, that popcorn. Oh my goodness. What a time to do keto. Well, and you're in Disney. Well, we didn't mean to, we were already like five months keto. And then I was like, Disney's what took it away. I I ate so many carbs there too. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> the churros were delicious. I have no regrets. Like Dallas, my husband and I were like, no regrets. Like we're going deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Minnie Mouse breakfast messed us up there. <laughs> that sounds so good. Oh, it is. Honestly, all of these things, it's just, you know, living life and just having fun and being able to make fun of yourself is like the most important thing. But in Pinterest, seeing the potential in it though, and like how you can transfer it over to the blogs and like how you can utilize even, you know, transcribing your podcast episodes into yeah. a blog post. Like it's so uniform. I know I've been watching a lot of like Gary V and how he's like repurpose and like yeah. everything like that is so smart because you could create a couple inspirational quotes or like your top five takeaways from this and then make that like the tagline for Pinterest. Like as I'm talking to you, I'm like, oh, I could get smarter here. I could definitely do more. But there's a lot of things that we put in barriers of our way, but to hear that it's one hour a week once you've got it in place, it's it's attainable. Yeah. So what objections would you say you've had in the past in the most in this area and to overcome them? Like, what would you say has kind of been the best to help overcome those barriers in, in, I guess, perfecting your Pinterest game? Well, some of the objections, I think, um, in perfecting Pinterest, did you mean like personally or as, or would someone else have? That. I think personally, because the idea is it's going to, it's going to hit our, our listeners in a way that they're going to relate. I'm sure. Cause I, I know it usually does for me. Yeah. Um, I would say, um, again, some of the, I think one of the main objections is like, oh my gosh, if I have to join another platform, I'm just going to have to pull my hair out. Like I, I can't do this. Right. And it's that, Um, especially if you're on like social media platforms like Instagram, where it does take a bit of work, you know, beyond you creating the content and posting it, then you have to show up on stories um, and show snippets of your day. Then you also might have to do lives where you're adding even more value. And then after all of that, that's not good enough. You have to engage and be social with people. Like that's, that's, a relationship status like that's that's a lot of work um and i'm not saying i'm not slamming instagram i'm on instagram and it has its place i think it's great for building that relationship with your audience but 
Pinterest, like I said, it's not a social media platform. It's a search engine. It's just a visual version of Google. So what you can do, and what I will say is that it takes very little time. You don't have to actually engage with people on there. Um, in fact, I would say the best way to use Pinterest is to have a scheduler. And my favorite one is Tailwind. Um, and, um, and it does the work for you. So you literally sit down for the one hour plan, you know, post everything you have for the week. And then you don't have to look at the, you don't even have to think about it. Look at the platform, nothing. You don't have to engage. It does it for you. And it's consistently sharing the content around the clock because that's how the, um, the algorithm, the Pinterest algorithm likes it. And also Pinterest doesn't care whether you uh, engage manually or through a scheduler. And that's why I like Tailwind because it's um, like the, the, the agreed sort of, um, what, what would you call it? Like a third party um, scheduler that is agreed by Pinterest. Um, so they're not breaking any of Pinterest rules because they, they work very close in relationship with them. So you can rest assured that whenever you share, you, sh you share your stuff on Tailwind, it makes sure that you're not breaking any rules. So it's super clever and smart like that. So it just does the work for you. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's the most, like um, the number one objection that most people would have, but it's so worth it because it sends people right to your door for one hour a week. I love that. And I love that not only did you take the objection, but you gave them something to overcome that objection with. So we didn't yeah. even have to, because that's the most important thing. A lot of times, and, and I say this, time is the most valuable asset. I will not take that away like that is. So if you have that set up and like you could batch create and then do it that way too. Tailwind mm -hmm. sounds amazing for that. So thank you. Yeah. Because again, there's, there's a lot of opportunity in just overcoming these different limiting beliefs and, and just really finding the opportunity in that. That's perfect. So yeah. Looking at everything, if you could mentor somebody today with knowing what you know about everything, what advice would you give them for starting out on their journey, regardless as an entrepreneur and where they'd go with this? I would say just start. That's what I would say. Just start. Um, because we have this habit as individuals, like uh, going back to the whole thing of, you know, most people don't start because it's like, well, you know, you start to beat yourself up about it and saying, who am I? Who's, you know, why will people listen to me? I'm not good. At, I don't know enough. Right. And so what then happens is that we begin to research and learn everything that we can so that we can set up a business. And where does knowledge end is my question for you. Are you going to read the entire internet before you start? Because you're going to be reading for a long time. Like knowledge never ends. It just never stops. And honestly, as well, the one thing that I found since um, I began my entrepreneurial journey is that things don't become clearer from thinking about it. It's from the action. That's where the clarity comes in. It's from actually doing the work because you might have all these ideas in your head of how things are supposed to be and how they're going to work and how people are going to respond. And you might find that people respond to things that you're not interested in or not what you thought. And so now you have to adapt and begin to serve them in that way. And you will never find that out by just thinking about it. You will find that out when you step out and you just begin. So that's what I would say. Just start, go for it. 
Whether you have it figured out or not, it doesn't matter. I say fly the plane and then build it midair. I love that. And honestly, imperfect leading is the way to go because you're going to learn as you go. Not only that, but you'll, you'll really see what you're passionate about instead of what, investing a ton of time, energy, and effort into something that you later find out you don't even like doing. Like I've exactly. been there, that's been me. And I find that's a lot of people, they, they really, you know, maybe hold the shiny object syndrome to certain things. And then when they get to it, they don't even enjoy it. So start and then kind of find out from there whether you enjoy it or not. I think that's great. Now, even looking at like the analysis paralysis that people bring into it too. And they just over overly analyze all the different things that they need to do. And then they do nothing just just starting like taking however many minutes a day is definitely something that I, I honor. Like that's, that's where you get a lot done actually. And so if you're a mom, like I've, I've learned to become a morning person and do it in the morning before my kids wake up. Or if you can squeeze it in at nighttime, like there is no real excuse if that's something that you're very passionately driven to. And so I love that. Absolutely. Now, I love asking, what would you say as a fail in an entrepreneurial world, whether mom related or not, what would you say is like the biggest fail that you've kind of gone through that we can honestly laugh with you, not at you, but laugh with you. (laughs) Laugh with me. So when it comes to momming, I've been thinking about this. I can't say I have a big mom fail because the way I work, I work very hard to make sure that my kids are nowhere near me when I'm working (laughs) because that's just how I'm wired (laughs) if I can get away with it. Um, But I've had some scenarios where with food blogging, I would, you know, make the food and then the kids would eat my work. Um, or my husband would eat my work sometimes. (laughs) Um, But I would have to say probably my biggest fail, which I learned so much from, was actually being featured in um, a local newspaper. I was featured in the Daily Mail. And um, I remember I was um, featured because they were doing a story on having an, an organic Christmas. And I... I'm very passionate about organic food just because I think the benefits of eating organic and not having the toxins and the pesticides and how it affects uh, our health. Um, And so the press caught wind of it through, um, um, I would say, a connection that I had with another organization. Um, so they hooked me up with the press and said, would you like to be on the story? And so I was like, oh my gosh, okay, that's awesome. And so I had my interview with the reporter and her being a reporter, uh, she was a little bit pushy and I was like really not sure of myself. So this was like way at the beginning of the journey of my business journey. And I was so excited, but also so afraid. And I didn't feel like I had permission to say no, or I'm not comfortable. And so by the end of it, the, I was talking, I wanted the interview to be about me talking about how we're having an organic Christmas and how I've managed to kind of turn my, my dinner around and source things that are organic. And it kind of just went all the way to having an organic Christmas tree, organic wrapping paper. And I was like, um, that's not exactly what I'm saying. She was like, don't you think that would make the readers quite happy? I think that would be quite interesting. I was like, um, I don't really, I wish I asserted myself a little bit more, but hey ho, the article comes out and it's like, 
organic Mama 4 has a completely organic Christmas right down to the wrapping paper. And I was like, that's not what happened, but okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, I would say that was uh, a, a, a very public fail. Now, it was a fail to me. Everyone was so excited for me. But I think for me, it's very important to me to have my integrity. So that's where I learned my lesson. It's like, I'll never let someone else dictate um, what I should or shouldn't say. Like I will stand up for myself. So yeah, I'd say that's a lesson learned. I think that's such a, like, I am grateful that you shared that because a lot of times people don't think that far into it on, you know, having good boundaries and having that integrity uphold them. And I'm with you, but I've definitely been pushing that scenario too. Like, yeah, there was a newspaper article about me. And like when I was younger, I had um, a diagnosis that said restricted airway disease for my lungs. And honestly, I look back now and it's, it's funny now, not funny then, but it yeah. had been a diagnosis from one doctor. I was seeing other doctors and specialists, and this was supposedly something that would turn into lung cancer. It was like a 20 year sentence. I was 17. As a result, I was like, I'm going to raise money for the cancer society. So we all got cancer ribbon tattoos and we were, there's 10 of us and they publicized it and they made me sound like some mass hero that's got this debilitating disease. Um, no, that was a false diagnosis. Turns out it was like panic and anxiety attacks in school. <laughs> and, um, I didn't say that was fact. I just, because she had asked like what drove you to this and I was like oh well the doctors like I just casually said it and then yeah. they rolled with that and I just found the yeah. newspaper clipping because like I forgot like it just slipped my mind and I was like that makes me sound like such a liar one I'm like this is 20 years later and I found out no I was panic and anxiety attacks which then tied into like my intuition and just being an empath and like picking up everybody else's stress so like not only is it just panic like it was just like Oh, I feel like a failure or a liar. And then that bothered me and my integrity. And I was mm. almost like, can I get a reprint like 20 years later? Like, is that a thing? Right? <laughs> and I did like, we didn't, but it was just one of those things where I like look back and I shake my head. Cause I feel you. That is something that does bother me. And I laugh at myself, but it was like this one doctor who obviously had no shits to give. And he was like, here, now leave my office. Like have a good day. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I, I laugh so now. Young. I'm so sorry you had to go through that at such a young age. I, I think it made me who I am though. Like I, I have mm -hmm. this tattoo on me and it just reminds me though of the strength and like that we can overcome it. And it's all in your head and like how you choose to look at it. And I am really grateful because my mom got the tattoo. My little baby sister is no longer with us, got the tattoo. One of our family friends that was living with us got the tattoo. And then we had just random strangers that were so inspired that they joined for their own cause and they raised money for their passions and the tattoo artist donated her time and she actually became a really good family friend which she actually did like my whole sleeve so like i oh, wow. i do feel like wow. it all happened as it was supposed to but yeah. Honestly, I look back and I'm, that, it, that, that newspaper clipping, it's like still, that's a, that's a regret for me. Like, I don't like that that's what it is labeled to me. Cause if you could search it, I'm sure there's some way down the rabbit hole. I just want it to be, you know, said here publicly. I did not say that. Like, I was not like, this is me and I'm awesome. It was just like, that came out. She slipped it and took it. And I regret that. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. That was such a learning experience as well, because now it made me realize, oh my gosh, all the stuff you hear about other people on media, how much of that is actually fact? Oh, right. I know. Looking yeah. at all these, like, I don't know, the smut magazines is kind of what we call them. And just all the times that people are breaking it back to together, dying, have babies, and they're still like 20 years later, it's the same stories. You're like, 
Yeah, this is, this is obviously accurate, apparently. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but that's where it's nice to say it from like a horse's mouth. That's kind of why I think podcasts are so great because it's like, and let me address this truth here right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw it out. Same with a blog, like whatever your preference of, you know, getting out there. I think it's so great because the messaging is what's important and the authenticity. And I love that you hold integrity. I think that that's such a great superpower. That's something that I really want to stay in like alignment with, with everything that I do too whether it's just living in a mom bun or the business, like the business mullet where I'm just, you know, professional on the top and pajama yes. pants on the bottom, no judging. <laughs> no judge zone, girl. Always. I love it. Okay. So before we let our listeners go, I would love to give you an opportunity to give them your two cents on what you would like to leave them with from this episode. Cause we've kind of gone a little bit through a variety of different topics. It's nice to be able to kind of give you the stage to just say whatever you want to say here. Well, I just want to say to you, if you're listening, that um, if you haven't started your business, just do it. Just start. There's people who are less qualified than you who are doing what you want to do and succeeding. So why can't it be you? Your story, your voice are valid, firstly. And secondly, if you want to use Pinterest, I recommend you go check it out. All right, so I have a free masterclass. Don't forget to check it out in the comments below or the link below. And um, if you wanna learn how you can increase and skyrocket your traffic with this platform, that's amazing. It doesn't take that much time. It doesn't, make, it doesn't take much commitment. Just one hour a week, go check it out and I'll see you in there. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me, Melissa. Oh, sorry. You've been amazing. And I love that you've literally brought, you know, all of the opportunities for people to see what can happen once you set up the systems and like, yeah, there might be a little legwork in the beginning, but to get from one hour a week to 2 million views organically like this, let's just state this. It's organic reach too, right? Like you're not paying for the 100%. ads. I haven't paid for any ads for that. Like this is gold guys. So please listen to Sahar, check out her masterclass. The link will be below. And if you guys have any questions on Pinterest, please do not direct them to me. Please bring them to her. I will say again, at disclaimer, Melissa Badin does not know Pinterest at this point in time in 2020. Maybe catch back with me at a later time, but Sahar is your girl and go and check her out because she is a genius and I love her energy. So yay. Um, thank you again for joining us, Sahar. Uh, thank you for having me. This was so awesome. I appreciate you. Thank you guys. Have a great day and enjoy your season. Hello. Okay. So we vibe with our tribe and I wanted to let you know that I'm over here doing a special shoulder shimmy celebrating you as an action taker. So I hope you know that I am doing a coffee cheers in your honor for joining us here today. And since we are now gal pals, I would love a small favor from you and would love to have you leave us a review. I don't ask for them to be staged. You can be completely honest and I would love to get to hear what you enjoyed, what your favorite takeaway was, and maybe just what you would like to know further more on. Because if I don't know it, I'm very honest and I will do my best to bring you some support in there. Thank you again and have a great day.